Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to an episode of The Wrong Theater here on the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Stephen O'Malley, joined side by Billy Bruno and Aiden LaCory, back to break down a Marvel show. And we will do the first two episodes of Loki, which we discussed before the show. We're going to treat it as Loki episode one, but it was, you know, it was broken up into two parts. If it had flown into a two-hour episode, it probably would have been like a damn good standalone movie. But uh, we're we're going to discuss the buddy cop tandem that is uh, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Um, but yeah, we're going to break down the first two episodes. Um, I'll start off, you know, just kind of simply uh, to to begin. This so far is my favorite start um, from the shows. Um, I'm a big fan of Tom Hiddleston in general as Loki. I think his performances are always really solid and you know the lack of direction is in this case is like you know it's expected but this time it's not as annoying as WandaVision with the whole you know where is this going it's kind of like they're leading you on perfectly to the point where you're getting enough to where you're not angry that there's maybe no clear direction but there's there's three things I wrote down that I want to bring up and it's that Kevin Feige said this is going to tie in to the, to the grand scheme of things. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm reading into anything anymore after him saying that. Cause he's, he hasn't come out and said anything, you know, overly ridiculous and it not end up being, uh, you know, true. He's not selling this show higher than it is. I think this really is going to connect greatly and vastly to the multiverse saga that is, I believe imminent. I, I, I mean, there's a movie coming out called the multiverse of madness in less than, 18 months so you know you have to believe that there's some sort of action going on there and then spider-man 3 but i like it a lot i love tom hiddleston as loki um he's one of my favorite marvel characters just because of his performances not from the comics he doesn't stand out but his tom hiddleston's performances always do in whatever he's in um but yeah i'm a huge fan so far and i love the fact that i i get to watch these late and then like i have like a little bit only a little bit of time in between episodes I think WandaVision kind of took the brunt of that issue, Steve, because everyone was serious. It's the firstborn. It gets, the, it gets in trouble all the time. And because... it's definitely tempered down. Falcon Winter Soldier yeah. was a little more grounded, so like those yeah. reveals. And I think people didn't want to get their hopes up, but there were some rumors that this would connect a little more to the wider MCU. Yeah. Um, and some more non-just the actors came out and said that. You mentioned Feige hinted at it. Even some critics who've seen the whole show have mentioned it. And so I kind of got my hopes up a little, and it makes a little more sense that it will because it is directly dealing with uh, the multiverse. Obviously, we rumored that about WandaVision and, and kind of how she did it. And there I mean, were some the, rumors about that, but obviously this The one, word multiverse has been used three times in two episodes. Yeah, so, like, this like is, it. And, and we're getting to it very possibly could have literally been created. Like the explanation is because of the events of the second episode yeah um my overall thoughts on it i guess kind of you mentioned it so far the it's the the multiverse like theories and questions and the larger effects of the tva and time are kind of the subtle backbone of like wow this is crazy but it's really this show is rooted and is so great because of hiddleston and owen wilson's dynamic and then there's the little questions about how it is a little mystery element and i've been enjoying it i will obviously get more in depth in each episode but the first one as i said um to both of you i thought it was just a great laying the groundwork kind of explaining a little some of the more confusing elements uh again just laying down this is where the show is here's our kind of characters catch everyone up to speed and then the second episode just took off running and really set our plot in motion and raised some massive questions and it's really exciting yeah, I would agree with you, Aiden, that the dynamic between Hiddleston and Wilson are definitely not only just carrying these two individual episodes by themselves, but it's going to continue on for the whole series. Because I think for these first two episodes, and they're meant like this, it's setting up something that's going to be absolutely crazy and probably very well done for the, the remainder of the season. But each individual episode has been enjoyable to watch because we've gotten to see you know, Hiddleston's Loki and Wilson's Mobius just go back and forth with each other. And they have great chemistry on, on screen. And then it's definitely fun you know, seeing where this is going to go. I do think that the multiverse was created. Um, I've got some different ideas but on the TVA from episode one to episode two. 
and what I think with all that. Um, but yeah, I've been saying for a while that Loki was my most anticipated Disney Plus show, and I just think it's going to get better and better as the season goes on. But it did some necessary, like laying the groundwork, which is going to make these last few episodes really good, in my opinion. I love Owen Wilson. I I can't get over how great he is. I mean, in most movies he's in, like he's kind of playing the same, you know, guy in the, in the comedy movies that he's been in. But this is such a great role for him because it's we don't even know what this character is, whether he's human, immortal, alive, dead, robot. And I don't even think he knows. Like, I don't even think it's of his concern. Uh, they're kind of just serving the greater purpose, which, you know, we'll kind of get into later. But, I mean, Hiddleston, you know, I think you, you were guaranteed a surefire performance from him. Like, I think that was like a, at the beginning of the year, like you knew this was going to be, you know, all him. And it's not that Owen Wilson's stealing the show. It's just he's making the show in that sense, like the, the relationship. And I, you know, I've said this for a while that Disney plus, you know, it's, it's not my working theory. It's just what I've come to realize is whether they connect to the grand scheme of things or not, you know, they're performance-based driven shows. I mean, WandaVision we saw was Elizabeth Olsen. Obviously Paul Bendy did very well, but it was, it was Wanda's story. Um, Sam, uh, or sorry, Anthony Mackie as, as the Falcon and then eventually Captain America, just the emotion tied into there. Same thing with, uh, Wyatt Russell and, and Sebastian Stan performance driven shows. And this is now the Tom Hiddleston show that Owen Wilson is also in and is equally in the limelight. And it's just, if this is how the shows are going to continue, that's completely fine by me. And, you know, when they say they're going to connect and they do, like, I think as Aiden said, like, Billy, you mentioned like, Oh, things might get crazy. I'd argue they are as of, you know, 47 minutes into that episode, Owen Wilson doesn't know what the hell just happened. The uh, whatever her name is Ravena Judge Lady with the attitude grabbed the stick. She's like frazzled. She doesn't know what's going on. Loki doesn't I know what's going her. on. Yeah, obviously. I hate her. The and that's the point. Say. And that's the point. Um, we're not supposed to like her, are we? Though I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Um, but there's this is chaos. There's chaos with the people who are supposed to be in the know in the show are completely thrown off. Like that's that's where the, that's where a show gets good. When the people who are supposed to know what's going on have no idea what the hell is going on, then you're like, buckle up because we're all kind of on the same we're all on the same boat here. Like Wandavision, somebody knew what the hell was going on the entire time, and that was annoying because we as the fans were like, hey, somebody tell us what the hell's going on here. Loki, everyone's like, sound the alarm. What the hell is happening? Owen Wilson's confused. Mean Judge Lady's confused. Loki's kind of just bebopping along for the ride with our you know female character um and so are we we're just kind of like oh what the hell is going on here multiverse catastrophe event question mark yeah and then i mean and there's also the confusion but there's also just kind of the general confusion in the the true plot elements that we're dealing with we're dealing with an organization that exists both everywhere and nowhere at the same time and and time itself and what are their true intentions and these unknown timekeepers like it goes back to Owen Wilson has never even met the timekeeper. So really, what is their deal? So just kind of stuff like that. I am with you. It's, it's fantastic. And it's just these questions that sometimes with WandaVision, there were so many theories and Easter eggs that it was yeah. you want to pick out. While with this show, it's just so I, I just trust that they'll be answered or purposely left in the dark. I'm not even really making too many guesses. I have some just general feelings around them, but it's kind of just like, I want to almost leave it as just this unknown because that's how it's supposed to be. My, my thing is, so this is a show predicated on the idea of time and mystery. When both the fans, the viewers, and the characters in the show are on the same page in a show built on mystery, that's when a show is really, really good for the audience. Like we are totally drawn into the fact that there is, that was, that last, what, what was that? 90 seconds was utter chaos. There was shit dropping into different time zones. The, you know, the graph they have of the, you know, sacred timeline was going crazy. The people in the TVA were going crazy. I'm sure that the timekeepers, those three assholes were probably going nuts. I mean, if they even exist, if they even exist. Yeah. Kind of like the wizard of Oz, Um, you know, are they really here at all? Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, Owen Wilson, you know, his beliefs are being tested. Loki's obviously just, you know, kept popping through time because he just he's playing for team loki you know he believes that this i think he believes that this other variant is loki and you know some of us 
fans do. Maybe, maybe she is, maybe she isn't. Um, she's pissed. She's ruined a lot of things. She may have just opened the multiverse, and really it's now like Lord knows what happens next um, with this show. And that, for me, in a time-based and mystery-based show, it's perfect. Utterly perfect. Yeah, the ending was great, but you knew Loki was going to follow her because he's just oh, such an inquisitive person, yeah. and he can't help himself. Even if he knew it was probably – even if something's not the safest route for him, he's going to have to go just because, you know, that's who he is. But that's going to, I mean, the third episode, the next episode, I think is going to be great because they're going to be figuring out, yo, where did they go? And then what is Mobius, where, like, you know, how he's going to try and deal with everything? Because I like what you said, his beliefs definitely are going to be tested. Yeah. And I have a theory about that. I don't think he's going to believe in the timekeepers of the TVA as the show goes on. One think- thing I'll say is, this is real world stuff, is Tom Hiddleston said four and five are his favorite. Michael Waldron, who writes the show, said Tom Hiddleston's favorites happen to be four and five. Mine is the rest of the show. So, I mean, like, he's just not – obviously, you like your own product. But, you know, he, he's basically insinuating that, you know, Hiddleston may like four through five, but the rest of the show is, like, buckle up. And, yeah. and you know, they said that about WandaVision. And <laughs> the multiverse kind of, is open. It kind of did happen. But, um, you know, it, it is open. And the thing is, you know, with the, the, the beliefs being questioned – that's perfect because you know at the beginning we're not we're not necessarily team loki but we're not necessarily team timekeepers but we're definitely you know we're, we're definitely not team timekeepers but we're definitely pro owen wilson just as you know good good people that we are like we're on owen wilson's side no matter what like just, he, he's got this blind allegiance to this you know this tva and he's he's a guy who you know we want him and loki to work together like we want him to be them to be on the same page and now that they almost are on the same page in the sense that neither of them know what's going on, but Owen Wilson's character is lost in the sense of, you know, where do I follow? Loki's like, I'll follow anybody that isn't the TVA. And that was always his game. But yeah. I I think you saw the great subtle acting was Loki. You could see on his face, there was like a two or three second pause where he was seriously considering waiting for Mobius. He didn't, but I think he wasn't waiting for the TVA. I think it's important to tell. Was, I think it's a good point that you make. He's waiting for Mobius. Like he yeah. was, it wasn't the TV. But I think it's also the whole reason he was working for Mobius is because Loki is a, as a character, as we've known him, he always goes with who he thinks can help him the most. So up until he met, who we will get into Lady Loki later in the show, the TVA was the most powerful thing he, he's ever seen. Everything that they do, where they reside, their power essentially. And they can help him get back to where he wants. And now he sees someone who is beating them at their own game, essentially. And I think it's a mixture of, as Billy said, just the inquisitive mind. He wants to figure out, but it's also maybe this person can help him more. But I, yeah, I, I, that was, I think, a, just this very subtle moment to me. And then you kind of touched on it. The TVA, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this, we look back and like, oh, we were just maybe overthinking it. But the constant references to how no one's really, we're, we haven't seen them, we haven't heard of them. The timekeepers are something up there. While the overall purpose of the TVA, I don't think is overtly sinister about trying to keep a, a timeline in check. I don't know if it's sinister. It's almost like pragmatic in the sense of like, this is our beliefs, this is our beliefs. This yeah, is our it's beliefs. just there's something off yeah. about the TV as a whole and what their purpose is and how they came to be. I'll keep my theory brief on the TVA. It's really quick. It's, 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 I, I'm going to go on the branch of, and it's, you know, if you haven't seen the wizard of Oz, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you, but I'm going with the wizard of Oz approach in Billy, whether you like it or not, it's an American classic. It's in Wait, the, it's, was that, it's in, a, was it's, that a thumbs down to on, you haven't seen it or you hate it? No, it's very overrated. I think it's boring. That is your opinion. But besides the point, it is on the National Registry for Culture, so you have to watch it whether you like it or not. The government says so. Um, my, my point is the wizard ends up being nobody. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Um, you know, he's just a regular man behind the curtain kind of going along with basically his own shit luck of ending up in this place and them just the, the people of Oz wildly believing in the idea of the wizard. I'm going to go with the TVA. You know, all the people that work in the TVA are – basically following along the bullshit set by three people who believe in this sacred idea of time. I don't think they can actually control it in the sense of like, 
you know, the, this, this sacred timeline is more of a concept, less, you know, uh, a true fact. They just want to keep as much peace as possible. I think Mobius was hinting at that too. They want to keep as much peace as possible on the sacred timeline. And, you know, I, if, when all is revealed, whether there actually exists or not, um, they, the timekeepers for me are essentially going to be nobodies. Like the Wizard of Oz was not a wizard. He was a regular man. He was a con man. They didn't like, they just believed in him because of the idea. There was no basis or there was no fact. Just like this is, this is hinted at several times in Loki. There's, it's just a belief, a belief, a belief, a belief. And it's not, you know, a, a fact, a factual belief in the sense that, you know, there's something, there's tangible evidence. It's just, uh, we believe in what the sacred timekeepers say because that's what we believe. Mobius' exact words were, I believe because I believe. Like that's, for me, is that, you know, they're believing the idea rather than, you know, structured science in that sense. Not that everything has to be centered around science. It's just, I'm operating under the sense that this is a Wizard of Oz approach. So I have two theories with the timekeepers. The first one is that they do not exist. And that lady who's the judge, she's really running everything. She kind of created the idea of the timekeepers and that it's all her ordeals that the TVA is, you know, enacting. Maybe she's not, she would then be probably, in my mind, you know, one of the bad, you know, people of the show. Other idea is that, you know, we do have these timekeepers that, you know, who I think would be bad. But then she is either working for them or she's just ignorant about the whole thing. Because after the first episode, one of the reasons why I think I disliked it, or not disliked it, but um, didn't think it was as good as maybe you guys did, because I hated the idea of the TVA and the timekeepers. I hated the idea that they have everything determined. It's just solely what they want. And that each individual person in time could not, excuse me, could not like figure out what they wanted to do and just make create their own path. I hated that whole aspect of of it. And then after the second one, I kind of don't know if that's going to be the case with the possible creation of this multiverse. And now I'm thinking that the I'm kind of leaning towards that the timekeepers do not exist. So that changed my whole idea with it, especially because when I'm looking at the TVA, I kind of view Mobius as someone different than the TVA because you see everyone else in the TVA kind of acting the same way and you don't see mobius acting that way so i see them almost as he's working for them but i think he's going to branch off and realize at some point that maybe this isn't the organization and maybe his beliefs have been wrong the whole time because now i think that the timekeepers just aren't real well he's clearly a different person now i have a question i have a question for billy it has to do with theory do you think the people are real then like, are they, or are they just spawns? Like, are they like robots? Like, do you think the people in the TVA world are real? I think they're real people, but I think they might I either be too, brainwashed. I think they might be brainwashed. Yeah, I think brainwashing would yeah. be, yeah. I don't think they're robots or, or spawns so or anything like that. But I think they're real people who've been brainwashed with this belief yeah, of the timekeepers. But I, I am starting to lead towards that the timekeepers just are not real. And that one lady who we were in her office, Maybe she's really running everything because she's like the only one who's like seen the Wizard the of Oz. Like, like, yeah, like that. That's that. I could see that. I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I'm, I'm on that line. Like, she could be, you know, perpetuating this theory of the timekeepers when really she's just about control, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I think brainwash is a bad word. It's just, it's kind of something that if you're told that you believe in it from the moment you're created. I guess one could say brainwash. I just think as brainwash is like actively doing something. I just what think- about like cultish in the sense like you are only brought up to know one thing. I think it's like a religion, right? But you see my point. How everyone like acts the same way though, like you, besides you, Mobius. It's like the, the Mobius the is time, the only one that acts. No, I'm saying Mobius has a different people. personality, right? Like he clearly has different ways of going about things obviously just from the start his whole thing about bringing our the loki that we know along is just very against the grain so he's clearly different i think he's also a very different department like he clearly has a specific role but what i when i comparing it to religion is the timekeepers seem like they're almost a religion of sorts like they're a story that gets passed down and you're just always told and it's just that you have you just believe in it that's like the point there's no evidence per se i think it's just really hard to imagine that it just feels as though 
the whole idea of three like lizard looking creatures controlling the time is it, it there's no shot i feel like it's hilarious though that he keeps saying that it's a hilarious idea and the amount of attention they brought to it and then combined with the fact that mobius hasn't seen them it just feels destined as there's something up with them now i don't know if it's going to be the judge that feels a little too convenient could that be richard e grant i don't know it just i feel like it's going to be wizard of oz-esque where it's not who we say it is, but I still think it's going to be someone powerful. But then in that, it goes back to what Billy's saying is, why are they doing what they're doing? Is their intention truly just trying to keep everything the one timeline intact? I want to go out on a limb and say that, like, their intentions are pure to the sense of, like, they want to keep as much order as possible in the grand timeline, not necessarily the past and the future, just the idea of, like, don't meddle with time. But that's a big plot hole because the Avengers did it and they know it and they got away with it like that. So that that whole theory is tough for me to like perpetuate to say like, oh, they just want to make sure, you know, people don't mess with time when uh, 12 of Marvel's greatest heroes went in and out of time like it was a freaking roller coaster ride and, and and weren't punished in the sense. So like, why why would they not get in arms of that? So it's it's tough to for right. me to just there's no theory. There's no way that the TVA would just stay the same from when we saw in the first episode to the end of the series because every other Marvel project from now on would just be meaningless pretty much because, you know, oh, well, if the TVA doesn't like what they're doing, they can just step in and stop it and then revert it back. Like, to me, it's kind of ridiculous how certain things were allowed to go on without the TVA stepping in. And well, now so all of a sudden, we know, like, all of a, Loki taking the Tesseract and um in endgame in his 2012 version and going to the desert that is not allowed but everything else that has occurred that has been allowed and that was what they were supposed to do i just think you know they kind of explained it in the sense of like the percentage of variance uh interference or whatever they determined like you know did a did a variant was there a signature for a variant you know in the in x moment like i i don't know that's that's it's an it's a tough explanation in one sense of like, you know, why did certain events go unchecked? But like, it's also very easily easy, uh, you know, almost get out of jail free card is like, oh, well, the TVA only deals with variants. And if they detected no, you know, nexus level event and no uh, sig- uh, variant signature, like a high variant signature percentage, then that that event went unchecked because it was supposed to happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Steve, is there's a very easy loophole. and It's, it's, it's very easy, but it's also tough. Like, like, maybe Cap was the supposed line? to go back in time. Right, right. Like, maybe it didn't create a... And I know. It's, it's maybe, no, maybe the point was, maybe... Here's here's the grand point of that entire Avenger saga. Maybe the grand point was Thanos mm-hmm. was supposed to be wrong. Like, that, like that, was the, that was the moral of why the timekeepers were like, he cannot wipe half of the universe existence like just out of this sheer you know psychotic i i i know what's best for the universe rage like so maybe like the events that transpired did they you know fuck with the timeline a bit yes but in order for thanos to not be right like that was the greater good for the timekeepers which i think that's what they're focused on like i think that's something that we'll kind of get hinted at like they're only focused on what's best for the greatest, you know, the, the timeline, what's best for the timeline. And I think, you know, the example of, you know, Thanos was not supposed to win. So anything the Avengers, anybody did in that sort of timeline was justified because the timekeepers didn't want Thanos to be right or win. Like that was, that was the main goal that, that, that kept the timeline the most sacred, if that makes sense. Like the, the aggregate of the timeline was most sacred if Thanos was wrong. Yeah, I just think I just don't like the, this whole idea of it. That's why I did, like brought a first episode down because I thought it was going to stay like that. I, I just hate thinking that way. That, oh, that idea is wild to me. I love thinking about shit like that. Word. Why is it I just think that like you know we're gonna we're gonna be this is gonna be phase four and this is gonna be phase five and there's certain things that the real world like has to offer like in terms of Marvel like. The, however they do the mutants it that's another tough explanation and the eternal the eternals is going to be one of the biggest tough explanations where the hell were they it's the same thing with captain marvel pre endgame where the hell you're going to get it explained in this show i think i'm just saying i'm just saying that that rabbit hole of 
what the hell were they doing or you know why 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 did the certain things go unchecked is it's a creative liberty in the sense that you know they can explain it when they want to explain it and for me that doesn't bother me because you know captain marvel's disappearance from you know 93 whenever that movie takes place to 2000 and uh you know 23 when he hits the pager is explained in the brief sense that you know not every world had the avengers like that was that was good enough was it perfect no was it thought out probably here and there but you know that explains why she was gone for 20 30 years you know did you know the, the nova corps have the nova corps to protect them i i don't know but the avengers weren't going out there the guardians of the galaxy didn't exist at that time so it's you know there was and there was a kree scroll war like you know so that's that's a big character who plays a huge role in the comics who kind of just popped in 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 the later half of phase three so everything gets explained in one way or another but i think what and you know i am jumping ahead to predictions but my prediction for the tva is it'll crumble in the sense at the end of the at the end of the show is you know the hell with them we're not going to be worried about time being kept in check once there's you know what i'm going to predict is you know a a mass scale of nexus events over the course of this show over the course of these next couple movies and it's going to be chaos and it's going to be beautiful and down with the tva we go but what who they are and why maybe that spawns kang who knows like that like and that could set off the, the destruction of the tva could be both good to the point where we get rid of them but it could create you know villain x that is a big problem for the people who were remaining in the main MCU timeline. The ideas that the show deals with, I'm actually a fan of. Like I, I'm gonna make myself sound like such like a theorist, but this idea to me that everything that is happening in the past, present, and future is assembly happening at once. Once. Right, like I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that theory. I know, I know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, like the like everything that happened in the future, like it doesn't happen, like it's occurring right now. Like everything happened the same moment. And there's some broader ideas to this show that probably will never be fully explored, but that are really interesting. Like I mentioned at the very start, the fact that this that like the TV, like oh, where is it? Like it's nowhere and everywhere at the same time. It's just so a, a, a kind of a crazy concept to deal with. I do agree that there's definitely going to be some loopholes that are unexplainable and people are being annoyed at, but it's also, we're dealing with MCU. I tend not to, sometimes I think back and kind of look, look at myself and be like, I'm overreacting a little to what is essentially comics just on, on the screen. Um, I just, I, I think we've kind of talked about it. I've loved the direction where it's going. And I think we should do kind of a perfect talk about these Nexus events. I think that brings us to our possible antagonist, end of episode two. Um, they go to Alabama 2050. They realize that the variant is basically hiding out in apocalyptic events because their changes won't matter. And they set off the charges and we're revealed what looks to be Lady Loki. Um, don't call me that. She sets them all off. She drops the... Uh, I don't remember what they're called, but that essentially reset the timeline per se charges. into into a variety of times, which I have up and I want to discuss with you guys. And reveals herself, Lady Loki, and then her and Loki disappear. But calling her that the big thing. Well, people are calling her that. But then what we want to set up and discuss is in the she's never been confirmed to be Lady Loki. She was always an undisclosed character. So stop and calling her that. It hurt us. And then in the credits, next to the actor Sophie DiMartino's name, it's Sylvie. The comic, Sylvie is the Enchantress, and who is essentially Loki's second in command, which leads to theories that big time actor Richard Grant may be playing a older version of Loki variant, who for some reason, do we know his purpose? No. But maybe he is the true Loki variant and she is just the henchman. But pretty confident in saying right now that she is not Lady Loki. Wait, she's not? No. I think she is. I just think she doesn't want to be thrown into that comparison between this Loki. I think she's the Enchantress. Two different things. I don't think she is. Lady Loki and Enchantress in the comics are different. I think that's the same here. Um, I I don't know. I could see her being, I could very well see her being Lady Loki. She's just not too fond of maybe not being in total control as all Lokis are. 
Um, that's kind of where I'm, that's the kind of feeling I'm getting is you know I think Richard E. Grant's old Loki. It's not confirmed. I'm just gonna keep. I'm just I'm I'm predicting that. So I'm just gonna keep going with that uh, until proven otherwise. But I think that maybe that's the Loki in the highest of controls, kind of throwing other Lokis throughout timelines, kind of ruining everything. Very mischievous um, of of a Loki to just be throwing variants in different timelines. Um, but it also offers. I don't want to get into this, but I, you know, I, I wrote it down and it's something that, you know, is an explanation on how to get new characters into this universe. And, you know, I can't help but think that if we're dealing with variants from other timelines, like this is a perfect loophole to get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield into the main MCU timeline as variants of a Spider-Man character. Like if we're seeing different actors, that's my, this is my point. We're seeing different actors play the same character. Essentially I'm operating on the assumption that this is, this is a Loki variant, uh, both female and then Richard E. Grant is an older version. It's the same thing as Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield playing variants of Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the main MCU timeline. It's just, it, it's a, it's an interesting way of throwing a bunch of people together who have no business being together with a very simple explanation. And I think the overarching theme is, I think old Loki, Richard E. Grant's character's main like main source of, I don't know what he's doing is he is the God of mischief. He is here to cause chaos. He does not care what happens in timeline X, Y, or Z. He is here to ruin everything because this is what Loki's do. This is what they do. And it's a very, and you know what, is that, a, is that an, you know, a, an admirable and, you know, uh, you know, understandable uh, motive in this show? No, it just opens a multiverse. So like, you know, this isn't going to be your, uh, your killmonger with the motive of, you know, social justice and equality, but it goes about it in a, in a way where you're like, okay, you can't really go about it that way. Like, you're not going to empathize with old Loki. He's just going to open a multiverse and you're gonna be like, well, why do you do that? Because he's the God of mischief. That's why. So that's well, I really like that explanation. Silly, your thoughts on the ending. And do you think that is in fact the true way we get the multi? We know the multiverse is coming. Is this We've been wondering, like, when are the, the shows actually going to be a true profound effect on the MCU? Is this the way we get the multiverse? I do think it is. I think you literally saw it happen with the branching out of the main timeline. And whether, now, whether that, I'm sorry, whether that TV is real or not, she used their technology that they have to go in and out of time to do things. Like, let's say, let's say the TVA is a bunch of crock of shit. And the, the TV is, you know, it's them just with the, the brainwashing. Like the devices, I think, are real and to go in and out of time. So whether the, the timeline TV is right or not, those devices were sent. And I know, Aiden, you have them up. They were sent to different points in time. Confirmed. That, I think, is confirmed. Yeah, but, I, I agree. And I think that Steve's explanation of, you know, the different characters or different actors playing the same character is going to be correct. If this is Lady Loki, which... Lady Loki versus Enchantress. To me, I see no issue in either character, but I'm gonna I'm gonna fare on the side of Lady Loki to the point of they're gonna bring in different types of characters. Right. So for that same reason, I'll just guess it's Lady Loki. To me, it doesn't really make. I don't really care either or. Um, I don't know much about either characters, you know, in the comics. But I like the idea of having an older Loki. So if we have a female Loki, you know, the Loki we're used to, and older Loki. I like that dynamic, and I do think that's going to relate to, you know, the next Spider-Man movie or or possibly um, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, or both, um, because I, you know, there's all these rumors about, you know, Toby and Andrew Garfield coming in. They've denied it, but I don't believe them denying it. I think they're going to be in the next Spider-Man movie, so that's a great way to have the Spider-Verse and open the multiverse, because we have these comments from Kevin Feige saying, that, you know, this is going to have a great impact on the future of the MCU. We've had predictions on this show, especially with WandaVision, about what we thought was going to have a great future impact on the MCU. And we haven't really had that yet in two shows. And you just have that, at least I have that feeling, that one of these shows is going to have some big impact. And this is the third one. So I think their whole process was, you know, get the first two shows out on Disney+. Plus. Have the people think that there's going to be a lot of future impact, but really it's going to be all coming in Loki. So I was thinking that coming into it. 
And it's I'm only thinking it more so now because I even think we might see some cameos later on in this season from I wrote Toby, a Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Not in this, not not them in this show. But I, I, I have. Maybe, I do have we get it. an X? Do we get some mutants coming in? Something is going to happen somewhere. Do we get like I don't know, like a different version of Iron Man, like with Tom Cruise? I, I was actually thinking. I was thinking J- Jane Thor was going to show up. Possibly that, and then, and then, and then that's how she gets into it. the that's how she gets into the main MCU timeline with real Thor. Yes, I can see that happening. That was, that I was also I have to believe there's a way that we're going to get Loki into the next Thor movie. I like how everyone keeps saying no. It's like, come on, like they, you know what? And here's why I don't believe them because they said it in this show. Everyone who keeps, you know, the, the people who you're not supposed to trust keep telling you to trust them. And the people who I don't trust are Taika Waititi and Tom Hiddleston. And they keep telling me no. And that makes me think yes. Only think yes. And my thing with the with the show is like, you know, it was one thing for us. I mean, I my WandaVision theories were insane. I mean, I have the, I have the sheet up right now. I thought that freaking Reed Richards was going to be in the show. And I was so heart set on it. But like, I wasn't, I wasn't, we, we all were on the same page with Falcon Winter Soldier, but like, I was expecting big things in Loki. And this, this might backtrack on, you know, the point I just made, but like Kevin Feige a week ago said like, this is a big show. I trust him. He's normally right. He's in full control. So like, you know, this, it's not necessarily a hundred percent confirmation that it's going to be, you know, you know, uh, tying into the grand scheme of things, but he hinted at it. And when he says it, it's like, okay, he said it like, you know, something's happening, but I, I definitely think at the end of the show, we're just going to go like this and it's just going to be, there's going to be so many different things and it's just going to lead into the movies. I really just think that, that that's the ending. That's the, that's the trajectory of the show is just to just end in a million different ways because that's what a multiverse is a million different things. I would love if they did like at the end of the show, instead of just doing one mid credit scene or something like that, have a like a little montage. What if they just sprinkle in all these other timelines that we've seen and we just get that glimpse and then it's gone and then we're rolling credits and we have to wait. I would love that. We have no idea like what is going to happen in the timelines, what the reset charges do. But here, I don't have you either of you know the all of them. I read this article before, so I do. So I'm just going to name the the they they literally paused it, and the people obviously went through, broke down where this is where all the charges were set. All right, and you guys tell me what you think. Anything? 1492 Portugal. Oh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Ocean blue. Nice words, idiot. Ocean blue. I mean, right? I mean, I'm assuming it's Columbus. Right? Reports. Low Columbus. 2301, so three, roughly 300 years in the future, Vormir, which is where the, the, uh, the, the stone is. No idea what it could possibly be. Do, do we see Red Skull? Right? I don't know. Um, oh, I, no, because he got released from his duty. Yeah, he's he's a freeman. But, it would the, be, but the timeline's reset. That's what I'm saying. Like, who knows? What's it could be happen. Scarjo. And we do we do have that one scene from the trailer where people theorize that that was Black Widow on Vormir. The where, yeah, in the purple background. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. That'd be that'd be crazy. Like that it's would gonna be, have to be that then. I mean, uh, I don't know. That, they also theorize that that same scene could. It could be uh if he had won in new york um so uh, this the chances of a black widow appearance have skyrocketed with this war mirror 2004 asgard so like is that loki. any known event that we have seen i mean it's just thor and loki were probably younger they're probably just bull yeah um 1390 rome the fall okay. of the Roman Empire? This papal, papal drama. Is that the fall of the Roman Empire? I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I, I genuinely have no idea. It could be. Some no, it's way too late, right? The theory... It's a little too early. It goes back to Steve mentioned it, is, and this article mentioned it, where I'm getting it from. King 
is obviously deals a lot with time travel. And in the comics, he often would go back into various points in history and try and get a bunch of like political power. So is he is King making an appearance and so Rome? My, to, thing with, my thing with Jonathan power? Majors is I, I don't know I don't I, I don't know him enough to formulate an opinion, but he said he's not in the show. I don't like that. That's too forward for me. That's almost as forward as Tyrese Gibson saying Morbius is in the MCU. Yeah. Almost like wait, that's way too much out there. And that was immediately shot down. Kang, we've heard no Kang, you know, the actor playing Kang said, I'm not in the show, and crickets. No one said anything. Not like, oh, Kang's not in the show, or no, he's not in no shot. Like Billy, it may be surprising to you, obviously. I know you're not as big into the comics. Kang and the like, Kang is more powerful than Thanos, like. Kang is also Reed Richards' son, so that and would then, that's wait. Weird. He it he is Franklin Richards. So it's like an alternate King's weird. I, actually, yeah. I don't know. I, I might have juiced it, but I feel like in the, the comics, first I Kang was like that. Kang's power probably is more powerful than Thanos because of manipulating time. Who's yeah. he? So he's Reed Richards' son with whom? So it's Franklin Richards. No, like, just, but well, like from from like, the, like 20, as Kang seven, says, twenty seven eons into the future. Okay. Like, uh, but also there's iterations where Kang is just Kang, and Kang is very uh, anal about time, and anybody who messes with time deals with Kang. Oh wait, what? No, yeah, so all of these we're events wrong. in this show, well, we're wrong. What? He's Nathaniel Richards. He's what I call him. You Franklin is the son. Nathaniel is the father of Reed Richards. He's a time traveling scientist. So he's the father of Reed Richards. Yeah, in the comics. Okay, it's very confusing. But Franklin, Franklin's a person. Franklin is Reed Richards' son. He's a good guy, though. He's a goat. He's like LeBron all, all, and Serena Williams' offspring. All of these. Yeah events in this show and this show was almost impossible because i recently learned since i've been the rewatch of the mcu that loki was originally killed off in thor love and thunder or thor the dark world and they switched it because the test audiences reacted so negatively yeah i knew it yeah they originally called it the end of the loki trilogy because it was thor avengers and yeah, the but then, then they were like, oh, Thor the Dark World stinks. So let's not make anything about this movie important. It would have been even worse if they would have killed them. Yeah, like, think about what doesn't happen, like Ragnarok Endgame. Speaking of Ragnarok, 1984 Sakaar is also on one of the things. And it feels a little important. Do we see the, the um, Jeff Goldblum? Like, the, ah, the imagination runs wild. When also, I think these, it was a really good scene. You talked about the acting without any um, dialogue, Aiden, with Tom Hiddleston before he went through that door at the end. He, you could see the emotion on his face when he was reading about Riding the Rock and the destruction of Asgard because obviously that Loki had not gone through it yet. It just shows you what. Well, that what was a great funny actor. how quickly he got over it when he was talking to Owen Wilson, and Owen Wilson was like, Mother "I think was, that was I'm just." So sorry like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it. Look, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah okay." Uh, yeah, but moment. he moved on. That's just also Loki. But you could see that there was compassion for yeah. as or like. I mean, he's always been an he's been an anti. He's they're setting him up to be an anti-hero. When we met him, not met him. When he was in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like, like when we met him, he was a villain, like a full-on villain. But as he, he's a very complicated character, we've come to learn. I could almost, you know, compare this. I could compare the scene without acting to that of Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones because there's a great scene at the end of the first episode of the last season, one of the few bright spots of that last season. But he's only in it for a minute. And they just zoom up on his face for someone that he hasn't seen since the first season. And he did something really bad to them. And you can just see just the sheer acting without saying anything was unbelievable to me. It, so it reminded me of that. And he's also kind of an anti-hero as well. So you can compare the two characters with their arcs. Um, 1808, Bari Chara. Don't know where that is. Um... 1551 Thornton, USA. 
1208 Corvu. I don't know what either of those are either. 1382 Ego. Okay. As in like Kurt Russell. Um, There's no way we're going to be able to visit all these places, right? No, one no. would not, but some of them are interesting. 1982 Titan, the moon orbiting Saturn, which is where Thavis is from. Um, 1947 New York. And for me and Steve, that is when Peggy Carter was set. So do we see Peggy Carter? Um, 1984 Japan. Um, 51 Hala, which is the home of the Cree. 1991 Xandar, 2005 Beijing, 1999 Cookville, USA, 1999 Kingsport, USA. I can't help but wonder if any of these, specifically those last two, which seem very random, is maybe are those the mutants? Do our mutants come from this town? Is that possible? Do the mutants in Beijing, Japan, like where, where, where like very possible? I don't know. So that those are all of them. I'll pass on that. Those are all of them. I don't know, but those are all the links. As Billy said, we're not getting to all of them. I'm sure some were just included as Easter eggs, but I'm sure we're going to be visiting a couple of them. I mean, Warmere is very possible just based on that little hint in the trailer. Although I had to guess, I don't think they would really give that away in the trailer. It's teasing, but I don't know. Those are the names. Anything stand out about those? Just cool, dope. I don't know. I mean, like Billy said, like we're not going to all of them, but just the fact that you know. So this is this is like a it's not a point based off of these places in, in specific. Like if something is to occur in future movies based off of uh, these time things being placed there, like this is where it started. Like if an event occurs or something, it's something about Beijing or not. When was Beijing? 2005. Uh, OK, so when if something is brought up about that event. The groundwork was laid here. That's where I think this is Shanky. headed towards. You know, we're not going to, if we visit all of those locations in this show, that'd be a surprise to me. Um, is it completely off the table? No, they could do it all in a matter of seconds. I mean, it could be one of those montages you were discussing, Billy. I mean, they could go to all of these places in an episode in under two minutes. And we would be like, well, that was wild. Um, and then maybe they explain it, um, you know, after they do it. But, you know, Everything in the MCU is in play if it's shown on screen. Um, so these events were chosen very particularly or completely randomly. We have no idea. We have no way of knowing. Um, but you, they, you know, it's kind of like, you know, almost like an I told you so in a way. Like, you know, we, they, they can show something about these events and be like, oh, you can't say we didn't tell you about them because they were on the screen. Like, you know, the, we, we laid the groundwork. You had to be paying attention, like when when I bring up, uh, you know, ego thir- in the thirteen hundreds, and we go back there. Oh, why are we here? At, you know, thirteen ninety two. Like, what what does this have to do with anything? Well, it was brought up in Loki, so you know, we we did say it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Here it is. So I feel like we kind of talked about yeah, but it is we we touched on Richard E. Grant. I don't think there's too much to get there. I mean, we haven't even seen the brother. Like, we, 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 we've shared our kind of predictions throughout, but any, uh, I don't say not for the whole show, a- any bold prediction or theory that you're going to give, give me one, give me one big prediction or theory. Well, I or, think that the no timekeepers just aren't real. I guess that no, would that be you wrong. haven't said already. Have so it? Is there one that you haven't said on the show? Yeah. You want it? Yeah. All right. No, Steve, I'm not. I'm, I'm asking so you don't share. Franklin D. Roosevelt High School, the pen. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah, that was wild. What was that? That definitely comes into play. Because so there's someone who's saying their person on the side, right? A high school in which, no, it has nothing to do with the person on the side. A high school in which, in the comics, Owen Reese is a teacher at. Owen Reese is a is Molecule Man, the first villain of the Fantastic Four. That was not a throwaway. That was very intentional. That means Reed Richards is coming. In this show? In the next four years. That's not a prediction. No, I'm saying. Prediction or theory, I'm accepting it. That was a theory. That's a theory that that is a Fantastic Four connection because it deals with their first ever villain. Yeah, that's more than acceptable. Molecule Man. Let's hear yours. Very much hinted at. Um, hmm. 
I mean, this isn't much of one. Let me just say, Owen, Mobius is going to be able to ride a jet ski by the end of the show. That's electric. That would be awesome. But that doesn't have too much of a impact. So I will say... It does. It means he's free. Maybe they release all well, the- Yeah, he is. I will also say, I, we are going to see someone. I'm not going to narrow it down to someone huge oh, narrow it down that was lame give give me give three names yeah you know what fine i think we could see one of the spider-men because i Love think it. that we could be teased that's their luke skywalker right there or so you're you i guess movie. i'll say that and then i just oh i just had something else but yeah i don't that's just like that's trying to hit a home run there. I wouldn't be. I would not be surprised at all if it's not them and it's someone else. But if I had to pick someone, I'm going with them because I think that they're showing up in the Spider-Man movie, and I don't know, you know, which X-Men we would choose first. All that yada yada yada. So I'm going to guess with one of the three Spider-Men. See, could be Tom Holland. We don't know. Could or. Kind of like that term. It's like that's their Luke Skywalker in terms of not just a cameo, but one of the biggest cameos ever. And that's like kind that's of a word. That's a, that's a phrase we threw around a lot. Yeah. So my theory is, I was I was gonna do something similar. I was gonna say kind of grown on the Black Widow appearing because of Vormir, but I like that idea as well. Uh, I think. My hot take is that in the next five years, one of these alternate timelines in the distant past will become an MCU show. Similar to, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen the, the Marvels of like Marvel New War, which is like all their superheroes reimagined like in the 1930s and some of them are in the 1500s. I think we could see a show where like, like 1500s, 1600s era, we get a show. That's my Super Bowl take. I don't even know if it's a take or prediction or theory as much as just like. I it's definitely, it's definitely a, both a prediction take. It's like. I don't, I'm not confident at all in it, but I, I wanted to see, be surprised. And I guess it's kind of going along with kind of Eternals too. It's different eras of Marvel in the past will be explored, not just in the last century. And Loki could be kind of a cause of that. Maybe there's superheroes now in 1492. Who knows? I think Should we go through some scores for the episodes? Oh, episode one, 81. Episode two, 87. I'm going 69 and 81. But I feel like I would have looked upon the first episode in a little bit more of a positive light, say, if these two were together, because my thought process changed about certain things. After just, I was totally thinking a different way just after the first episode. 82-85 with room for improvement. I mean... See, I think that this... Sinana was a bit low, but you know what? I respect the opinion. But see... Be different the, than everyone else. The reason why... I have to be true to just that one episode, I think, because I, after I watched it, I did think that it was necessary that it set up the future of this show very very well but i had to be true. the second episode perfectly yes which, and the second episode was beautiful right but i had to be true to this grading that one episode i believe That's so fair. i do think it was more of a entertaining watch for me than the first couple episodes of wandavision which were setting things up and also like i watched the first episode the first couple episodes of wandavision with my dad and they're not good the first episode of each of these shows is going to be probably one of the worst episodes of each show, just because it needs to set up what they're going, what they want to do. When this first batch of shows finishes, like at these first three, because they feel like kind of segmented, and then what if we assume doesn't have asthma's correlation before Hawkeye Miss Marvel? Well, I wonder how my scores of each episode would have changed when you compare them to all of them. You know what I mean? Because I feel like this 87 maybe doesn't, I mean, I guess may, probably not, but I feel as though some of my scores looking back at it may not be as high, but I guess I look at the overall grade of the show because I said 
the average of my six episodes for the show is not my final grade for the show because I have to look at the show in totality. So I guess that's what I compare more rather than individual episode. Like, see, this, if I had this... to guess, maybe a not take because I'm sure we we're saying it. I think this lo this show Loki will provide me with the highest ranked show yet out of WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. So episode four, Falcon and Winter Soldier for me. And I think that, um, I think Loki will beat that. So the, the thing with these shows is that you have the time and the capability to do episodes like one and two of the, and really just set everything up because it also needs to give us some more context where you can't do that in a movie and some of the mcu movies have done certain things where they've taken a lot of time on one particular aspect that probably was taken too long and i'm thinking more towards some of the bottom tier mcu movies for that and that's probably why they were ranked a little bit lower by us and other people um compared to some of the other mcu movies whereas in a show you have the time and the ability to do it so you see certain things that are definitely fit more for a show Whereas it would be tough to do this if you were going to compact it into two and a half hours for a movie. But that's why it's good that we have the capability to have both now. We have the capability for the movies and we have the capability for, you know, six episode TV shows or whatever it's going to be. But I also think that we're kind of getting, I think Hawkeye's going to be good, What If's going to be good, but we're also kind of going to get into a trend where the TV shows at least I won't be as excited for as, say, a Loki or a Falcon and Winter Soldier or a WandaVision. Like, starting next year, probably. I don't know. I think I'm still excited. I mean, some of them appear to have, like, they appear to have a much more I mean, I think movie-esque premise. They're like Armor Wars, Secret Invasion are more plots of movies and big-time events rather than the character studies that we've kind of been used to. Secret Invasion is going to be something unlike anybody's ever seen before. I'll stand by that for a very, very long time. That movie, that, sorry, that show is going to be unparalleled. A, with the quality of actors they already have signed on, and B, in terms of its you know connection to the grand scheme of things. I was thinking more of like a She-Hulk or a Miss Marvel. The guy just won't be as excited. I'll say right now, we're not going to like Miss Marvel until Captain Marvel shows up and makes it relevant. It's not, we're not going to be fans of it. It's going to be something that it's a style of show that I already can tell we're going to talk about it because we have to watch it. Um, But until it connects to the grand scheme of things, um, we'll have to just be pleasantly surprised. It's going to be like a Disney Channel show, I feel like. I I agree. Until it's not, though. It's going to be a Jared Farley type show, possibly. Nah, it's not going to be that bad. Marvel, I can't, I, I can't tell you the last time Marvel like truly let me down. It was probably Thor: Dark because even WandaVision let me down, but I'm still like it was solid. I enjoyed watching it. The excitement was worth it. Thor: The Dark World was the problem. No, Avengers: Age of Ultron was the last time I left a Marvel property feeling like generally kind of disappointed. Yeah, I would That's agree with six that. Six years ago. Uh, although I do think so I'm actually in the middle of rewatching it now and I'm glad I'm doing it because I've only seen this one time but I thought Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was a little bit of a letdown just because the first one was really good but I wouldn't know I like I still liked it so I don't know if I'd really say I was overall I I think I'm in the minority I I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think everyone liked Volume 2. I think the issue was, for me, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite movie ever. So it was never touching that. And it was interesting. I left, I'm like, dang, like, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, but damn, it just wasn't even, like, close. But what's interesting, when I rewatched it with my family, I probably about, like, a year later, I was a lot better on the watch because you went with that kind of, even though I tried to go into it knowing it wouldn't, she went in kind of knowing what to expect, and it's, it's very, it's still a very solid movie. It's, it doesn't touch the first one, but it's still a very solid property, I'd say. Yeah, I, about, about an hour into it, I would say. Maybe a little I bit mean, less. My, my boy... Kurt Russell's really good at that. Michael He's a good Russell. actor. There's, there's a boy, lot of... There's my beyond do. It makes me sad. There, there's a lot of good moments in there that soundtrack's still pretty solid. It just, it wasn't, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't as iconic. The best. But, no. hey, 
Yondu's the best. <laughs> you look like Mary Poppins. Was he cool? Hell yeah. I say we ended on there, our little Yondu trip. Yeah. Sounds good. So I'm excited for episode three. I think um, big things, but you know, I agree with Hiddleston that four and five could be absolutely crazy, and then they kind of wrap it up in six. Like six should be unless they want to leave it open ended. They very well. This could be a show that they leave it open ended. Isn't there a season two? They said it, but then was it actually confirmed? What season two of Loki? Unclear. But if we think this is going to connect into so many different. Second season Project? development. Like this could very well be left on open. We supposedly leaked that there will be ended. season two. Nate Moore, Marvel producer, says season two is likely. So let's just go under the assumption that yes, there will be. Because it goes back to there's so many that maybe they can explore all the these different timelines. Maybe they can maybe explore they, these different Lokis. Yeah, the multiverse, and that's just what the show is. And everything you just see a different multiverse of Marvel. That'd be dope. I don't know. Well, that's a discussion for another day. But Steve, take us home. All right. So for Billy Bruno and Aiden LaCorey, this has been your host, Stephen Malley. We will see you guys after the next episode.